Hello everyone, welcome back to my podcast. This is podcast number four. I am Crystal and Clough, and today I wanted to talk about how I had my baby at home. First of all, though, I do have to say that the coffee did come today that I was telling you about before, the weight loss coffee. So I was so excited. I wanted to try it. I just got back from the gym, and I hardly had eaten anything. I had a little bit of beans before I went and worked out because I didn't want to eat too much. And then I got it, and I was so excited. And They say not to eat a half an hour before you take it, and then about a half an hour after... So I was literally running on fumes, which was, first of all, a very bad idea. (laughs) So I cooked it, and let let me just tell you, I have never drinking coffee before in my life, not even one cup. So this was a new experience for me, so (laughs) I didn't have any creamer or anything, so I, I, I cooked it up, boiled some water, and I tried it, and it was nasty. coffee I mean I I guess if you like burnt hazel I don't even know it just wasn't good (laughs) so I tried putting some coconut milk in it um and that didn't make it any better and then I put like a a half a tablespoon of brown sugar and that actually helped and I was able to down it (laughs) so I went to the store and got myself some creamer and uh my husband or my fiance actually took some as well. So my experience with absolutely running on fumes already, it went straight to my bloodstream and it was like an out of body experience. <laughs> like I I was I don't know, like I just kind of felt a little bit numb and a little bit So when I drink Dr Pepper, it actually the caffeine does the opposite for me, which is weird. It makes me tired rather than wakes me up. So I got a little bit tired. It was kind of crazy. It, I think it was just a little bit too much. And I heard someone say, you know, maybe just take half when you first start it. Well, I for sure will be taking half a scoop. <laughs> and my my fiance, actually, he told me he had a great experience. He said that, so he's from Guatemala. He came here, moved to the States, did not know any English at all. Well, he's been coaching the soccer team, so he got back from work, and he went to go coach, and he's like, usually, I actually, I have a hard time getting my English out. He's like, today, it was like my brain was clear, like, I got my English out pretty easy, um, and also, he's like, I have tons of energy, I'm gonna go work out, so we, we have beach bodies, so he got on and, and did a workout, it was awesome, but he also had only eaten at work, and then he'd taken his coffee and went to practice, and then came back, and we had to go to the store, so he hardly ate anything, and now he's getting pretty shaky, and he's in there cooking while I'm doing my podcast. <laughs> anyway, so that was kind of our experience, and we have learned our lesson. We're going to eat and make sure we are fueling our bodies so that we're not just running straight on caffeine and, you know, all these other things that are in it, which I should do another podcast about the ingredients. They're actually pretty amazing. But today we're going to talk about my experience with natural childbirth at home and my thoughts about that. So I actually had never even considered having my baby at home, but my oldest sister had, so her first one she had at the hospital and then they had a financial issue. And so she started researching other ways and found a midwife that was quite a bit cheaper and decided to do that. And she had such a great experience that I was like, you know what, I'm going to do that. 
I am really into natural stuff, being healthy, and I I like staying away from medicine. If I can, I'm not completely against it, but, you know, I try to do things holistically first. And I wanted to have my baby at home because I wanted to be in my own home, surrounded by my family, be, you know, when you're in your own home, you're comfortable, you get what you ask for. (laughs) So I decided I was going to have my baby at home. So when you decide to have your baby at home, you get what you is called a midwife. And I also, I wanted a doula. A doula is a person who actually helps you get through it. So they, they pretty much take care of anything you ask for. Make sure that you're comfortable. Making sure that you're okay. Just you. So it's, it's like someone there just to, just to serve you. Well, I actually asked my sister to be my doula. Usually you don't want family, but she is just, her personality and everything is just perfect for a doula. And she did the most phenomenal job. Helped me through not only my pregnancy, right up until I had my baby and then during the labor. Or, or right before I went to labor and then during the labor all the way up until I had my baby and even a few weeks after. And she lives in New Mexico, so she actually came here and stayed for like a month and a half until I had my baby and was able to be like, okay, I'm I'm all right. (laughs) So my, with my midwife, what she would do, what I paid her to do was she would come once a month for the first six months. Uh, no, no, no. The first eight months. Yeah. The first eight, eight months. No, first six months. (laughs) I need to get my facts straight. Or seven, seven, seven. Okay, the first seven months, she would come only once a week or once a month. And what she would do is go over my diet, making sure that not only am I staying away from the crap, but also that I'm eating enough protein, getting enough, you know, of my vitamins and my prenatals and and enough water and making sure that I was physically active at least a little bit. So she would meet with me once a month. And after I was six weeks along, I was able to hear my baby's heartbeat for the first time. So she would let me listen to the heartbeat every month. And I was also working at the time. So it was easier to get my water intake because I just had my water bottle and everything was like in a schedule. So I was able to get my water in. I had a harder time with my protein. It's like you need to have 80 to 100 grams of protein. And that is a lot. And I was like having two green drinks, protein drinks a day, just trying to get as much as I could in. And I was also going, like I was telling you, through that emotional stress. I was trying to be responsible because even though I had, you know, whatever, made a mistake or, you know, gotten pregnant without wanting to, I still needed to take responsibility that now I have another human involved. So I was doing my research, reading books and stuff about what I should eat, what I should be doing. I actually had a hard time exercising because, well, you start out sick your first trimester. At least I did. It's different for every woman that you learn that very quickly. (laughs) But my second and third, I actually did pretty well. I I was feeling really well, but I still had a hard time with exercising. I don't know. My body was just tired. Plus, I was working. So there was that. And then the last little bit, she starts to visit you every single week. And you get to hear the heartbeat every week because you're getting closer and closer to having your baby. Well, <clears throat> one of the things I did to prepare as I was getting closer was, you know, I cleared out my living room. I even took the TV out. I didn't want that to be a part of it. <laughs> and then I, I put up salt rock lamps. And I was planning on having music. But at, by the time I got in labor and everything, I just completely spaced it. So we didn't end up having music, which next time I, I think I want music. Just calm nature music. Something to keep my head on straight. 
And then I also put up quotes on the wall, which <laughs> my quotes this next time will be a lot different because I had no idea what labor would be like. Um, and then, um, so we had to get plastic. We also got a pool. So what I did was had my baby in water. So we had a birthing pool and we also had, we had to practice. You have to have the water a hundred degrees. So we had to practice making sure that our water heater had enough umph to get all, you know, to fill up the water and keep it at a hundred degrees or if we had to boil water. So as I got closer and closer, well, maybe I should go over a little bit more about why I decided to do that. I, I think I'm, and this is terrible of me. I should have done a little more, more research, but because my sister had had such a great experience, that's what I thought I wanted. And I should have done more. I'm not against hospitals, not in any mean, but means, but I wanted to do this at home. So we had practiced and we were getting ready and I actually had a lot of false labor. I, you know, I would bleed or I would have, my mucus pug was like stripped fairly early. And in fact, I had a little bit of a scare where my cramping was really bad. And my midwife is actually in Arizona because I wasn't even close and, and she won't deliver the baby unless it's like two weeks. I think two weeks early is the earliest, maybe even one. Because any earlier than that, obviously, you need you don't mess around with that. You need to get the hospital. And also, she had to make sure that I was getting enough water and I was taking care of my body. Because that is also a thing for her. Is if you do not take care of yourself, I will not deliver your baby. That is too high of a risk. So, I, I had quite a bit of labor pains. I would have blood the last couple of weeks. I dilated to a three, like, two weeks before I had her. So, I was at a three for a week and a half I think it was to be exact um and and I would have a few pains that were pretty harsh and (laughs) I was so cocky I thought that you know I I've had an I've had a ruptured appendix I have I don't even know what I had on my face I don't think the doctors knew but I it was serious pain my my face swelled up like a softball and they had to put me on serious medication I wanted to die and I get cysts every month that rupture when I exercise. So I thought I had experienced pain. And I knew, obviously, that child labor was going to be awful, but that I could do it. Well, I had no idea. Um, even my false labor, there was only maybe once or twice that I actually felt pain that was equivalent to some of the earlier labor pains in the, in, in the earlier stages of labor. And they were harsh. And I was like, I remember the first time it happened. I'm like, if this is what the pain is like, I am not going to be able to do this. And I have a high tolerance for pains. I thought I was just fine. Well, I had a few times where I was like, okay, I think I'm in labor. But my midwife was like, trust me, you will not be able to speak. Your husband will be the one calling me. So there was one one day that I thought for sure I was going to go in labor and, and I had had, I had lost a lot of blood. Okay. When I say a lot, it was, it wasn't a lot, but a lot for me, like that I thought, Oh, you know, this is a sign that I'm starting to dilate even more. <clears throat> so I had my midwife come and check me and I was still at a three and I was so heartbroken because so my baby was due on nine eleven, And I thought all like my family there were just known for going a week, two weeks early. So I thought, oh, I'm going to be early. Well, it is 9-10, September 10th. And my baby hasn't come yet. 
and I'm still dilated to a three. And I remember like trying so hard to keep it together because the last stages of pregnancy is just the longest, most terrible thing ever. <laughs> so I waited for my midwife to leave and then I just went to the bathroom and just bawled. Um, my, and my fiance just like tried to cover me, but he was sad too. We were all excited for my, for our baby to come. My sister was like, she called me on the phone. She's like, Hey, my, my husband and I are going to go on a date. You guys want to come with us? And I'm like, this is exactly what we need. We need to get out of the house. We need to get our minds off of things. So I actually, we got all dressed up and went on a date, went and watched a movie. Everything was fine. I was feeling fine. And we went to bed. Well, around 3.30, I woke up and I was having the same pains, the same false labor pains. And so I got up and I went to the bathroom and I came back and I was, I was, I got in bed and I was having the pain again. So I got up and it hit me so hard. I dropped my knees and I was like, Oh, holy cow. And I'd had one other time that hurt that bad. So I was like, uh, to my, to my fiance, I'm going to go get in my bath will you call my sister because she knows, you know, I, I'd just been asking her, is this it? Is this it? So she will know. And I'm going to just run a hot bath and get in. Cause I, I'm just having a lot of cramps. Well, I got in and he got on the phone with my sister and it just would not stop. Like it kept coming, kept coming. And I was like, call the midwife. So he's like, you know what? I'm already on the phone with her. I, I, I knew I'm on the phone with her. So they, I was in the tub when I started labor and it was actually really nice because our, our tub was smaller, but every time I would have a contraction, I would just push against the side and push my back and my hips against the back of the tub. And it really relieved a lot of pressure. Um, and so they, they got all the tub ready. The tub was already blown up, but they didn't have any water. So they, they filled up the water. It turned out because I had run a bath that we didn't have enough hot water. So we did have to boil water. Well, they did. I was in the bathroom in pain. And then they were, they moved me into the, when everything was ready and it was hundred degrees, they moved me from my tub to the pool and nothing could have prepared me for the, the kind of pain that labor puts your body in. I, I honestly, when I was done, I felt lied to, like, there's no way that women go through this multiple times and be like, yeah, it, it, it's really bad. It hurts. You know, it is, it was so bad. It was traumatizing. And my labor, I labored for three hours and pushed for two. She got stuck. So I pushed for two hours and that was crappy. And that was way too long. 15 minutes of that is way too long. Everyone was like, holy cow, you know, five hours. That's such a great labor. A lot of people, you know, go, 10, 13, even 24 hours. And I was like, don't tell me that was a good labor. That felt like the longest moment of my life. And and they would tell me I wasn't supposed to scream because I, if you screamed, it would tighten up my cervix or I don't know all the science behind it. But there were a few times I couldn't help it. I had to scream. And so I labored in the pool and then, um, I, like I, I had finally dilated to a 10 after three hours and she, her head was so big, it got stuck in my pelvis and I was pushing and pushing and I, it, I was pushing way too long. And so I started to swell. And if you start to swell, you have to get out and get on your hands and knees with your butt in the air and try to do labor that way. Well, that was fun. <laughs> they even had a labor chair that I tried. I was like, you know, I'm going to try and go to the bathroom. 
this is me talking in between. I'm I barely getting words out because in between it was just like I was so exhausted. So I went to the bathroom and I felt her moving. I'm like, I am not having my baby in the toilet. And we're like hurrying, trying to get me back to the water. And um, I pushed for probably another hour after that. I think I was just in the wrong position. I was, my back was towards the tub. My, my fiance was in the pool with me and he was holding my back and I was pushing, trying to push. Um, he had to be there right in time. He wanted to deliver the baby. So right when, you know, she started to kind of crown, he did go in the front, but during that labor though, it was so bad that I was like, where is my dad? Because I had worked with my dad and there, he was the one person that taught me, you need to be tough. We were, you know, insulating turkey sheds. We were fencing all these things. I was like, I need my dad. I need him to tell me to just be tough. And you know what? If I ever, <laughs> this, I don't even know if I'm going to have my baby at home again because it was so bad. I, I want to because I don't want to do an epidural, terrified of needles. But if I, if I decide I'm going to have my baby at home again, if I have another baby, I will, you better believe, I will be an expert in the hypnobirthing and all the things, whatever I can do to help me with the pain because there is just no way, there is no pain like that. There were, there was one time that my midwife had to give me oxygen. I was just about to pass out. It was so bad. And then, so, so I started to push with my baby crowning. My fiance went around, brought my baby, put her right back, uh, right up onto my chest, took her right out of the water, put her right on my chest. She came out with her eyes wide open, which actually my mom said that's exactly how I was. It was so sweet. The crazy thing was though, is that I was in so much, I was in so much shock about how it was. I could hardly even enjoy my baby. Like I held her. I remember looking down and th trying to feel I'm like, okay, she is a girl. I was so worried she would be a boy. <laughs> like somehow they would have gotten it wrong, which I took my ultrasound. So I also did that when you have your baby at home you still want to do the ultrasound make sure everything's fine I took all my blood tests checked my crit to make sure I had enough iron I, I did all the stuff with the doctors I just had my baby at home um I, I didn't I didn't have a doctor to keep tabs with me because I had my midwife you know making sure I was eating the right things taking the right supplements make she would weigh me every time to make sure I had a healthy weight I wasn't gaining too much or not gaining enough because I didn't have enough protein but it did take all my blood tests and stuff, so that was fine. Everything was great, and everything about my birth was good. Also, one thing that my midwife had me do was stretch. Um, <clears throat> oh, what is it called? So that you don't tear down there when the baby comes out. And I had done such a great job that it didn't tear. But when my baby came out, her little fingers, you're so tender and sensitive down there. Your skin is so just her her little teeny fingers sliced me open just a little bit so there was that and I had to wait to deliver the placenta before I could get out <clears throat> um so I held the baby until I delivered that and then we also waited until the pulse was out of the cord for my fiance to cut the cord and I got out and he took his shirt off and did skin to skin and they just set me on the couch I was so exhausted they gave me a spoonful of honey which holy cow, like game changer. I, I went from completely dead to, wow, I'm wide awake. Okay. Spoonful of honey. Who knew? <laughs> uh, 
Um, but they gave me the oxygen mask and I just laid on the couch and I was just looking at my fiance holding baby. I'm like, okay, good. He's got her. We're fine. Everything's fine. But I couldn't even close my eyes. I, I couldn't close my eyes to take a nap. I was so, because every time I would close my eyes, all I would see is the whole labor, the memory of the labor and the pain. And it was so traumatizing. It would scare me to close my eyes. I don't mean to scare anyone. I'm just sharing my experience. It might be different for other people. I don't know if everybody experiences that same kind of pain, but that sure was the case for me. So they gave me the spoonful of honey and that helped so much. But then when my midwife went down there, she did say that I had torn and she's like crap she's certified now to stitch but when I had my my baby she wasn't or to suture she wasn't certified so I actually ended up having to go to the hospital to get sutured which was terrible I mean after you have a baby you don't want anybody to even look down there let alone put a needle through you and they they um, numbed me but it just didn't numb all the way it was just awful any you just barely touch me and it, and it and it kills let alone a needle so I had to go to the doctors bring my put my strap my baby in her car seat she's brand new and go to the doctors get sutured and strap her back in come back um and then I had to they had to keep change I you, you know you have to you have still have a lot of blood coming out and so my midwife she was such a trooper she stayed she was there from 4 a.m until like 7 p.m the next night just amazing and the whole experience my 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 sister made a video and it was so beautiful but I it, it took me a while to be able to even watch it because it was so bad <laughs> I couldn't think about it and I'm like I will never ever ever do this again in fact during the pregnancy or during the labor I was like screaming call the ambulance call the ambulance but she was I was dilated at a six when I was finally screaming that and she, and I I know after you're dilated at a certain point you, there's no way you, they can't get the the epidural in there to work by the time you have your baby it's just you're too far along or, or something there was something to that so I was like you know what if I have to go through this pain with absolutely no painkillers I am not doing it at the hospital I'm doing it here and that's the only thing that kept me there my midwife has the ambulance on call I was like please give me the ambulance and I was screaming saying all the swear words and my poor grandma was like okay <laughs> um but yeah it, it was quite the experience couldn't even th even now thinking about it, I'm still not 100% sure I'll be having my baby at home without an epidural <sighs> I, I would just have to be more prepared than maybe I was I think maybe it could also have been that I was more in shock <laughs> but it was magical to be at home and to have all of my family around me my dad came for a little bit squoze my hand while I was screaming that he did come so when I was asking him I did my dad he did come didn't stay for the birth part but he was there for a little bit holding my hand is his strong hands it just made a huge difference so I just wanted to share that <laughs> experience with you it, it was it was pretty magical at the same time like you the things that you learn about yourself and what you're able to do, a woman's body is incredible. And not only is a woman's body, but a woman's spirit. It takes so much to bring, not only the day of, but like the healing process after. 
especially when you get sutured or, you know, when your baby comes through, it is just ripping everything. It almost feels like, and you're so sore, so tender. Like I just was looking around, like respect to all women. <laughs> you look around and see all these people like, no way have this many people been born. <laughs> I, I know I've said a lot of negative things, but it really was a powerful experience. And I do not regret having her at home. It was very, very special to, like I said, to have my family around. My fiance was able to deliver the baby. <clears throat> and then I could go straight from the couch to my bed and literally be in my bed with a rocking chair with everybody around me being able to help me no IVs no one poking anybody my baby was able to stay with me and like I said I'm not against hospitals but that was what was so nice is I was just in my own home so cool anyway I'll, I hope that wasn't too much <laughs> I know I'm going pretty long but I had to share that experience with you because not many even hear about having babies at home, but it was, it was an awesome experience. Terrible, but awesome. <laughs> um, and then I, I hope the next podcast, I kind of want to talk about what it's been going from an in, independent to having to take care of a dependent, having it just be you and then becoming not only taking care of somebody, but becoming a mother. So I'm excited about that. I hope you guys have a great week or had a great weekend. And we will see you on the next podcast. Have a good one.